We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Last happened though. I know, but it feels like it's always a long ass time because I go from off-season. seeing you once or twice a week yeah. to now the off season. I see you like every other week, and it's sometimes yeah, it's, it's a little it, length. Yeah, it's all yeah. Off season gets that to you, but uh, a lot is going on. Obviously, we're talking football, but man, sports world. We got NBA playoffs. Kyrie just going after people. Mm-hmm. Well, I should say Ky- people going after Kyrie. Kyrie. I'm fully on board with Kyrie doing what he's doing. Like I think fans should start being held accountable for their actions. Yeah, I mean, bro, you're talking to someone who's one of his favorite sporting events of all time is Malice at the Palace. Yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to be saying that kind of stuff, but there's some yeah. fans, the Diaz brothers, right? Yeah. They always say like some say people it. deserve to get slapped. Yes. And that's the problem. Yeah. You can't be saying some of the shit that you say. Mm-hmm. Right, and I was talking about it with Jay on the Monday pod. If you guys haven't catched that, check that out. Shout out to Jay. He was asking about you two. We've done some soccer stuff with him in the past. But we were just talking like, yo, bro, some people need to be careful how they, you know, like, you can't be saying some yeah. of that wild shit. Just because you spent this money doesn't mean it's not, you can't be entitled to just say whatever you want. Like, you, there's, you guys, principles. Like, how would you feel if you're in his position to be told, I don't care about the whole logo, like, Come on, man. There's the worst things that have happened in sports and stepping on a logo. Like, get out of here with that. I have no problem with saying, yo, Kyrie, you're trash. Yeah. Or he's with us. Yeah. Right? Like, he misses a jump right. shot. He's like, oh, he's selling. Yeah. Yo, he's selling tonight. You don't got to worry. Uh-huh. But when it crosses the line, it's the same stuff going back to Colby and, and Masvidal, right? Like, mm-hmm. what's the line that people cross that eventually they're just like, yo, fuck that, man. I'm not going to be professional. Like, can't talk about people's religions, their families, mm-hmm. their spouses, their their kids. Right. And when you enter that kind of territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what Khabib said too, I remember. Yeah, you got, you got that going on. Man, Liverpool might do the quadruple, which would be might be the most insane thing in sports history. Like, I don't think that gets enough credit. Like, if you win four major trophies. I know League Cup maybe is not major, but still four trophies. God, following that. I love watching them. Dude, they're Everything about him is just beautiful. I was just on Xbox with Ahmed and Joey, and we were talking. Joey was like, yo, li- like Liverpool, because I-, I hit some crazy bet today. Mm-hmm. Bro, I bet Liverpool first half 2-0, correct score. 
and then I bet the final score to be four zero. Kind of easy bank. I mean, bro, yeah. to hit a correct. Score, I know, no, it's it's like, correct. Well, I was like, oh, that game were, was made for them, like yeah, May yeah, nights yeah, yeah, yeah. beyond. So when it was four zero, I'm rocking back and forth. Yeah. Trailer, like, oh, that's like, like, like Jota. Do not put that last one in. Don't you fucking dare! It's a lot running wild. Yeah. So we were talking about it, and he asked, he's like, "Yo, what's good with Liverpool?" So I'm like, "Dude, they're first of all." If you if you want to get into soccer right now and with like the World Cup mm. coming on, if you want to watch a team that's firing on all cylinders, a team that is just a joy to watch, they're amazing. They're a machine. Holy they're smokes, machine. are they good? And then getting Luis Diaz, who I didn't know anything about. He, he came too. from Porto. He's a Colombian. He just he adds to that front line. Now they have five players they could put there and. They're gonna score two or three. Oh, it's crazy, yeah. and 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 the depth too. Like they uh-huh. just got so many guys that go yeah. in there. It so, was wild, man. Yeah. I was watching that, yeah. but yeah, there's a lot of fun sports shit going on too. Hockey playoffs are starting soon too. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. I tune into some games just because overtime hockey is so late. You're like Tense, on the edge of your seat, and then sometimes my favorite thing about it is there'll be like 12 minutes of no stoppage. <sighs> Like, the puck will just be in play for 12 minutes, and it's just, like, back and forth, back so and forth. So it's really riveting. Yeah, yeah, Doc Emmerich used to be one of my favorite announcers. He used to just go, like, wild. But, okay. yeah, man, we got some NFL stuff, and I came up with this sort of segment, talking point, and a lot of it had to do with what's been going on the last last couple of weeks with the wide receiver position. And I feel like the wide receiver position has really become a premium position now in the NFL with how prevalent passing is Mm -hmm. and now it's well your quarterback's going to drop back 40 times a game on average and for the most part you want to have some stallions on the outside but then you see some of these contracts and that's where things get a little funky you see some of these numbers where you know five years ago a wide receiver making 30 million dollars you're like what the hell no Mm -hmm. way first of all question for you how do you feel about the wide receiver market and some of the not the players in particular, but some of the numbers being thrown at wide receivers. I personally love it because I think receiver position, I think they're just like the alpha males. Like when you got a player like a Devontae Adams or a Tyreek Hill, like some of these players are legit the most terrifying players in sport. They could break open a game within one play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm all for it. I think it's just a matter of when it, when it comes to whether it's the Chiefs or the Packers, whatever organization be. It's just knowing, you know, where you want to allocate your resources. What's your coaching philosophy? You know, what's the long-term contract when it comes to a certain player? Like, where do we want to build around? I think if you're going to manage how you want to build with a number one receiver, it's just a matter of, like, are they replaceable? Because to me, like, you look at Kansas City, Andy Reid coming from that Mike Holmgren system, it's just like, okay, we could draft receivers. We don't really need a number one. But then there's other teams that, hey, we're going to invest heavily. Like, back in the day with the Arizona Cardinals, for instance, with Fitzgerald and Bolden. Remember, they paid both of them. So I think it's it comes down to what you want to do organizationally. But I'm 100% fair parents here. Personally, it's like like my fair position. I just love it for the sport. But I think if you manage properly and you believe in your draft, uh, the way you approach it, you know, why can't you pay as receivers? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we were having this debate one time in a group chat with some of the guys, and we were talking. It, it all happened right after Adams and Tariq, and I have their contracts in front of me, Tyreek Hill, $30 million a year. Devontae Adams, $28 million a year. Third is DeAndre Hopkins at 27.25. Stephon Diggs at $24 million with the extension that he just yeah, he signed Yeah, he just got well. it, right. And then, do you know who number five is? Can you give me a conference? NFC. Okay. Um, you, you know him well. And when I tell you the name, it'll make sense to you. Michael Thomas? 
No. No, he didn't ve- get paid yet. But Jeez. very close in division. Mike Evans? No, he got... DJ Moore. That's another guy who just got paid. 20? Good for him, man. I, I really like DJ. I know he has some limitations, but I do like me some DJ. Well, how much of that is the quarterback? I th- Yeah, no, that obviously too. But I think as a receiver, like DJ Moore isn't the type of receiver that... I don't know. He's not that alpha male type. And even though he creates separation, I don't know. He's just not that game breaker. You know what I mean? Like he's not someone that runs a 4-2. He's not someone that makes those contested catches. Mm-hmm. He's just someone that produces. But I wouldn't, like I can't see DJ Moore ever being like a top 10 receiver. That's right. what I look at. And he's being paid like a top five wide receiver. Yeah, but he is very productive and he's very skilled. It's just, I don't think DJ Moore really has a quality that makes you scared of him. That's mm, the thing. I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. where as when you look at the other guys ahead of him, mm-hmm. And even, you know, right behind them is Keenan Allen. An argument one of the best, be made, one of the best route runners. Route runners yeah. And also, like, the slot receiver now. Mm-hmm. It's it's not so much that you're a slot receiver. It's like you put your best wide receiver in the slot. Like, mm-hmm. that was something that fantasy people were always mm-hmm. talking about for years. Like, you know, it's you have the nickel corner yeah. there. Safety right. comes on, linebacker, whatever it might be. It's, it's so hard to keep track of these contracts. Though. Like, when you said DJ Moore, I was just like, man, that's where he got paid to. Listen, man, when, when <laughs> I pulled it up, I never would have guessed DJ yeah. Moore. But, but he's in there, too. And then rounding out the top ten. We got Amari Cooper, Godwin, Mike Williams, and Brandon Cooks. <sighs> Kenny Galladay. <laughs> God help. All right. So, question. There's a lot of questions. We're going to talk about the wide receiver position here in, in, in full detail. But do you feel comfortable paying a wide receiver if you have questions at quarterback? Because I don't. I don't want to pay a wide receiver if I have questions at quarterback. For me, it's all about the roster. Like, if I'm in a position like San Francisco, I'm paying for the receiver just because I think, well, of course, they have Trey Lance, but I just think there's enough there. It's like, okay, we got enough assets. If we pay this receiver, we could get by. Like, they were a game away from the Super Bowl. Right. So, honestly, well, I, a quarter, too. A quarter, too, yeah. Super, actually, yeah. technically. Right. And I get, look, quarterback's number one position. You got to develop, you got to develop. But it's just, I think if you have the roster there, it's just like you have to maximize it. Mm-hmm. that's how i look at it. like that's your window you kind of just have to coordinate and believe in your coaching staff but i understand if you're in full rebuild mode like if you're a team like seattle right now i would have major reservations about someone like a dk Metcalf, especially when there was some tension and some questions about Metcalf's maturity his anger issues i heard recently in interviews to he's had to like take a couple of sessions for himself and realizing he needs to tone it down a bit but there's just certain teams it's just like am i like you want the thing is you need players like if you're rebuilding you still need at least three or four franchise cornerstones it's like okay we have at least this here but then again it's just if this player within a year or two doesn't want because you also have to look at some of these players just don't want to be there like the receiver position we know and, and i don't think it's a stereotype like you know i'm not gonna call every receiver diva that would be ridiculous but this is a position where players are known for requesting trades yeah yeah, if you if you really take a look at the league, a lot of top wide receivers tend to leave their the team that drafts them. Stephon Diggs, Stephon Diggs, yeah. Devontae Adams. Yeah. Uh, if you go further back, um, Terrell Owens, mm-hmm. Randy Moss. Yeah, like guys tend to leave. It's rare where you have Marvin Harrison or Larry Fitzgerald, Reggie Wayne. Like yeah. I'm talking about, like yeah, if your last year or two you go away, and you're kind of just like chasing a paycheck. But I'm talking about like in, you're an alpha yeah, in like, your prime, like Roddy White. <laughs> yeah guys like that like julio i would say went to another team but still the best of julio is, yeah, is what yeah. we got in atlanta all right i think when it comes to the wide receiver position it's fair to say that i understand when when they get called diva i get it i get the tantrums i get all that stuff because 
again, I've talked about this many, many times, but in the traditional huddle of a, a team where you're calling your play, right, the first people to break the huddle are the wide receivers. They're the furthest away from the ball. They can't be productive. If you're my wide receiver, you're solely dependent on me getting you the ball. Mm -hmm. And then the five guys in front of me blocking in order to give me time to get you the ball. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get paid, you want to hit these milestones, you want to hit these bonuses, all these incentives. Yeah, you're going to bitch and moan if you're not getting the ball. Because that's the only way that you could put food on the table yeah. for you and your family. Yeah. So I get that. And it's an isolating position. Yeah. And eventually it gets tiresome. Like for years, DeAndre Hopkins had put up with it. And I thought he was a consummate professional. But eventually wears down on you. It's just like, how many more years can I deal with this? Eventually they got Watson. Things for a short period alleviated yeah. before Bill O'Brien went berserk. But uh, like look at someone right now like Terry McLaurin who... He just puts up numbers regardless of who's playing the quarterback position. Like he's just someone that stays productive. Best wide receiver no one talks about. Yeah, absolutely. Like if he was in Kansas City, oh, he's putting dude. up fourteen hundred yards. Easily. Yeah. Like like a bad year would be like, oh man, he only caught ninety passes yeah. for fourteen hundred yards. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> only <laughs> But yeah, easily I think he's he's so underappreciated. Yeah. He's he's amazing. He gets open. He makes contested catches. Incredible hands. Credible hands, uh, hand-eye coordination too, awareness, all that. Like he's mm. he's an awesome wide receiver, and he falls victim victim to circumstance and and scenario. Let's talk about him because he's one of the guys. There, there's four big names right now that are rumored to get a well, f yeah, four big names that all from that same class, the 2019 class, that are eligible for extensions. Let's start off with Terry McLaurin. How do you feel about him in Washington and? If you were the GM, would you feel comfortable paying him knowing that you don't know what's happening in that quarterback? I want to preface, I love all four of the receivers we're going to talk about. I think all four of them are alpha males. They're true number ones. Yeah. And they Who's deserve, that other? There's another. I hate to Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Another. Who I think it's not enough. I know it drops are worrisome, but I think he's in their alphas. Nah, he's for electric. What, for yeah. what he could do after a catch, especially not many plays. Nah, he's a dog. Do. I, I, I fuck with him. So, um, now Terry McLaurin think you look at his resume what he's done like to me just like how can you not build around him like because the washington to me doesn't have a lot of assets so i think he's just one of those players where you know unless you get a crazy trade off for him you know maybe green bay gets desperate who knows but uh you know green bay's gonna get linked with a lot of these guys but uh i think just what mcclory done it's like he's proven like doesn't matter who's quarterback, he's going to put up numbers. And I just think those type of receivers, it's like you know he's going to put up to five to seven catches a game, maybe even more if all goes well. So now for me, you have to you have to keep him. Yeah. He's averaging more than 1,000 yards per season. And these are the quarterbacks he's played with. Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, and Dwayne Haskins, RIP. Mm -hmm. It's – and now they lose – they lose the offensive lineman, sheriff. Sheriff, so that's going to hurt them. Uh, I and look, you bring in Carson Wentz too, who you know, I don't want to say jury's out because I think we know exactly who Carson Wentz is, but I feel like he's a little limited too. But this also might be the best quarterback that he's played with. Yeah, which still ba think, barely, barely above Heineke for yeah, me. Yeah, but think about just your reaction there. Yeah. Like this is what this guy has been doing, and he's so productive. So to me, he deserves it. Obviously, yeah. I think they all deserve yeah. it. 
because McLaurin got the end of Alex Smith. Like at that point, Alex Smith was kind of he just nah, recovered. He, yeah. yeah, like yeah. prime was, Alex Smith, I would take over this Carson Wentz. Right, right. But Alex Smith there, where his leg was so infected, yeah. and it's just like, have you ever seen the video of that? No, don't, I, don't. Yeah, it's it's nasty, yeah. bro. It's not, it'll cut your appetite for at least twelve hours. So if you want to like lose weight before the summer, <laughs> just watch that shit every day. You will not. Eat. No, I'll it's, go run. It's awful. <laughs> it's awful. But yo, if you're if you're watching, I, I love that point that you made about. Try to have some good happen to your franchise, right? Like, there's been a lot of craziness. What, what do they have at this point? They have nothing. I, I, I like Gibson, but he hasn't quite been that consistent player. Yeah, and he got hurt last year, too, and yeah. he wasn't the same. Like, he was everyone's fantasy darling. Like, mm. oh, shit, second round. Oh, he's going to work course, yeah. I'm going to get a top five yeah. running back, yeah. and it wasn't the Cause, case. Because we talked about all past last, you know, all of last season, like, how disappointing was that defense? Like, you have all these players, and don't get me wrong, I love Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Chase Young at some point has to produce, but like they just have players that you like them, but that defense was a disaster. Yeah. Like, like, and they signed the corner Jackson. Yeah, right? he, he yeah, was a pass interference waiting to happen. Like, it's just with Washington. Besides having that little three game spurt where maybe they could be for a wild card, but for the most part, they were a huge letdown last year. So, this point, I think Washington they have to look at some of the players they have and just like, okay, if you've been productive. We got to build around you. So, that's how I feel about Terry McLaurin. How much a year would you feel comfortable giving him? Oh, man. I, I'd be the worst GM. Like, I hate being put in the GM position. Uh, I mean, he would he would have to get more than Kirk. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. So, like, north of $18 million per year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm definitely low 20 range. I'd probably... I'd be comfortable giving him more than DJ Moore. Yeah. Like, I think he's a better receiver. And yeah, he's true. more imposing. Yeah, I don't, I'm not. Yeah, I'm terrible financially. Yeah. I so I would, I would say, like, you know, mid, Also, we're matching the cap, too, yeah. or whatever that might be. But yeah. Washington has cap. So I think, I think Washington definitely, you, you should extend them. I think it's a good thing. Homegrown. Mm-hmm. He, he's overproduced for you already. He's delivered. And he seems to be like a leader in that locker room, too. I know Josh, our buddy Josh, he's a big Washington fan. And he's shown videos of him like his rookie year. He goes in the huddle. He's like, hey, man, I know I'm still a rook, but, you know, this is this is exactly how it should feel when we're winning. And he's giving game balls to Ron Rivera with the whole cancer mm-hmm. stuff he's gone through. And he's just been very outspoken. And he's like a leader on the team. And you need yeah, guys true like that fan favorite, yeah. in, in your clubhouse for sure. And I, I'm a fan of Terry McLaurin. Mm-hmm. I would definitely pay him. And I think if you're Washington, just to make things sort of take some pressure off the organization because they're in the headlines for many reasons oh. too. Which could be a whole podcast series that we could dedicate, yeah. but I think it's something that would win a little bit of the fan base back because mm-hmm. they're solid with you, and also like national media too. I think mm-hmm. people will be like, "Oh shit, McLaurin got paid by yeah. Washington." There isn't the franchise more consistent at getting bad headlines in Washington. Oh yeah, I mean, bro, every, every year seems like our whole life has yeah. been that way. Yeah. Uh, all right, we we pass on him before, but Debo, how do you pay Debo? Like, what do you anything? Literally, like for, for what he does, like to, man. to me, they don't make the playoffs without him. And I know some, whether it's Niner fans or people in general, might say, Oh, they beat the Bengals without him last year. Now, you gotta look if you watch that 49ers Bengals game. First off, Zach Taylor, his play calling in the red zone was just atrocious the way how conservative they were. And George Kittle had a game that look, everyone loves George Kittle, but he, he put up just insane numbers. Like, the way how San Fran won that game was not sustainable. Like, to me. As great as Shannon is, as much as we love Kittle Nayuk, Debo is the heartbeat. Yeah. He is the pulse. He is the person that literally moments last year just took that offense when it was stumbling 50, 
60 yard play and next thing you know it they're in the lead like he's just someone there i don't think there's a big play threat like him so for me i don't understand what's going on there and to me it's like he's not replaceable especially given the uncertainty at quarterback right now mm-hmm. even though it's on the roster you still know how lance is going to be you don't know how the jimmy g situation is going to pick up to me debo is just that one player you know almost every game it's going to be like a 30 40 yard or even more big play yeah momentum shifter uh, drive extender and think about how limited they are at quarterback and he yeah. was still this productive and essentially he's two position player oh dude i saw him blow up my bets division around weekend when mm-hmm. he just single-handedly won that game against the backers he literally did yeah and it was just the guy's a beast man mm-hmm. he's a problem and even in the the nfc title game too he scored a touchdown i believe it was and they just use him in so many different ways that it just makes sense yeah i i don't know what's going on with john lynch but like to me Debo and Kyle Shannon, this is the end now. I, that's huge disappointment because I think those two, they're a match made in heaven. So I don't know, I don't know what the issue is there, but to me, he's like the one player. Just like how it makes zero sense. Why would you not bring this guy? And it's up? weird because they paid their guys before too. Like they paid Kittle a little right. bit ago. Yeah. So it's not like this is a team where they don't want to pay their guys, especially when they're homegrown. I I don't know if they're concerned maybe about injury proneness because he has missed some time over the course of his career, but. I think he's just so special a player that I think it's irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. I feel like he should be – I think Adams and Hill are in, like, this tier. And right below them, I'd probably put Debo. Right. Because besides Cup and Taylor, what other skill position player last year was better than Debo? I'm so upset I forgot Cup. Well, I'll see. Yeah, Cup. Yeah, Cup. Besides Cup and Taylor, that wasn't a more valuable. Yeah. It was a more of a prolific skill position player than Debo. So. Yeah, I think I think he's in he's in that discussion yeah. for sure. Um, AJ Brown. Real quick, do you get uh, excited when you see someone delete their, the team that they play for on social media and delete the post? Two years ago, yes. Now I think it's just a ploy by an agent. I think it's. Uh, I think. That kind of leaked after what Kyler Murray did. Yeah. We delete all the pictures and the profile bio, mm-hmm. but I think it's just a matter of just sparking negotiations or just creating buzz. Like some, some people look for that attention, and I didn't think AJ Brown was that type of person, but who knows what's going on with him right now? He tweeted, "I'm a diva and a bad teammate." All of a sudden, LOL. Okay, do what you have to do, and so will I. And then he followed up with, "They switch up quick." Yeah. I mean, you saw it with Debo. Debo says he's been getting death threats and racist messages. Three months ago, he was everyone's favorite player. Yeah, and then the worst thing is when fans, one of the worst things fans could do is just totally be behind the organization rather than being behind the players. When you're just 100%, whatever the organization does, I believe in, and I'm going to believe in them. Why on earth would you think that? Like, what has an organization done that makes you think, okay, I could always trust them? Like, whatever happened to valuing the players or putting yourself in the player's shoes and realizing, wait, this guy, why can't he get paid? Yeah. I mean, I'm so, I agree with you. I'm so pro player. Like, hold out, get your money, yeah. especially in the NFL. Yeah. Like, a guy pulls a hamstring and then he's out for the year. The next year, they're going to want to renegotiate mm-hmm. your contract. Mm-hmm. And if not, they're going to cut you. Right. So, by all means, hold out, get your money, especially when you play positions like wide receiver, mm-hmm. you play positions like running back. Where it's so the risk of you getting hurt is mm-hmm. so much higher. Like, it's a dangerous game. Everyone knows yeah. that, duh. But those positions, you're it's a little bit more likely. And, and, and organizations will view you as replaceable. Yeah. 
like a left tackle, they will value an edge rusher. They will most likely value. Or Which, but think about that, right? Like dudes are just constantly slamming there. People are falling behind uh-huh. you. I'm blocking you. A guy falls, blows yeah. on my knee. Like Ronnie Staley on the on the Ravens when he got hurt. Mm-hmm. The guy just fell from behind them and then he was out for the year. Broke yeah. his ankle. Thing is though, like offensive line play has never been worse. And there's only like the ones that are really good. You have to value. Yeah. So I think it's just a matter of talent at certain positions. That's why you, you see. We, you know, we talk about the running back position being expendable. I think receiver position, you know, at least in some organizations' eyes, is looking at expendable. So I think that's the difference. So I think A.J. Brown, the issue that I would have with paying with him is he's not exactly the most durable. Week to that's week, fair. it's kind of just like when he's out there, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like that one Thursday night football game against the Niners, complete, like the whole second half. He won half, that game. He won that game. Yeah. Remember, he ate, like, the Chipotle, yeah. and then the, ne- the second half just has, like, nine for 150. So He was big in that Buffalo game, too. Yeah, he's right. an animal when he's out there. But, you know, week to week, there are some things. So, I don't think if if you were to pay him, I think he would be in that, like, Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas. He's demanding premium money, though. Like you, you could try well, to do, you could try to do that, but... AJ Brown, every right he has every right to do is he believes he's the top first year. I don't think he has the talent to do it. It's just a matter of staying on the field. I think the issue that Tennessee has right now, I think people forget. Like, I think Warren Sharp posts this. Like, in terms of top five quarterbacks getting paid the most money, Tennessee's in the top five. Like that Tannehill contract's looking rough right now. I think it's over forty million they owe him this year, and I think that's why they couldn't pursue Rodgers or Matt Ryan just because that Tannehill contract is very difficult. Because like now it's hitting that peak, especially after that playoff game, you know Tennessee fans are hurting. Yeah. So uh, that's why you know there's some things right now with Tennessee. Just uh, there's a lot of uncertainty there. But to me, AJ Brown is the alpha male of all alpha males. I wouldn't hesitate paying him. I know the durability is a bit of a concern, but to me, it's just he's. Besides, I know Henry's there, but that passing game, it's it's live or die with A.J. Brown. Well, so that was going to be my follow-up. Yeah. Do you think you have leverage as a player when you're in a passing game like that? Oh, yeah. How can you not? Because you're, you're and all I, I have. And I don't think he's a player that's merely replaceable, and I don't think Tennessee has the resources or even the coaching staff right now that could do it. Because right now they're kind of in a weird spot. They're still adjusting to life without Arthur Smith. Mike Vrabel is... He's a tough-minded coach. We know that. It's just right now, Tennessee, I think there's a silver line on their big names, and they're in a bit of a funk cap-wise. It's just like, man, if they, if they, if A.J. Brown gets traded, I just to me, you're just punting the season. Like, I don't know how you can compete without him. Absolutely. And think about the entire handicap that we, every prediction that we made about the Titans last year, our whole take was, yo, they're big three. Mm-hmm. What happens if they lose one of them? Mm-hmm. And we saw what happens when they lose one of them. Well, now they don't even have Julio anymore. Mm-hmm. And... A.J. Brown, that wide receiver room is very slim. Mm-hmm. And I know you got Robert Woods, but he's coming off an ACL surgery. You go into a new team, new system, new quarterback. I think he has massive leverage. So yeah. I think they'll give in and give him what he wants. Right. But I wouldn't, because of the Tannehill situation, I don't know if I'd be comfortable paying him as much as he wants. Then just then you got to take that L. Mm. The Tennessee just there in rebuild mode. Because it's it's just I don't know how the offense is gonna function because look Derek Henry is superhuman but like, just giving a running back 350 carries at this point is like a suboptimal approach like you're you're, you're playing it. with fire especially yeah. given all the carries he's had already so yeah if I'm Tennessee I'm trying to do everything I can to get AJ Brown on board because you know I just don't that organization to me doesn't seem like the organization that wants to reblend and look they were number one seed it'd be pretty bizarre to go be from a number one seed 
to now just oh wow we're probably not even gonna be in the wild card hunt what about his former college buddy dk metcalf i think this is one we could have a conversation about and it's not a matter of dk metcalf's talent because he's another player could be on the verge of being a top five receiver i just think when a team is clearly in rebuild mode and they have a star receiver things could get dicey because they might want to trade in a year or two just how it is and there's been enough tension already that makes you question where dk metcalf's head's at so when geno smith was the quarterback and it wasn't russ career low 7.5 yards per target uh Almost half of what it usually was. Since he entered the league, no wide receiver has had more yards or touchdowns than DK Metcalf. And think about some of the guys that we've mentioned so far. Mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin, Debo. He's, he's had more yards than Justin Jefferson. Well, since 2009. Jefferson came in in, oh, in 2020. Right, yeah, yeah. Jefferson might like still be on his yeah, ass. Yeah, that's Jeff- same, Jefferson is numbers. Jefferson. And we'll get to Jefferson in yeah. just a minute because uh, we're going to end with a talking point on that. And you're right. Look, he's 24 years old, durable. He hasn't missed no time. I think if you're a team like Green Bay, and I know it was funny you said, like, we're going to have Green Bay mm-hmm. rumor to a lot of these guys. But if you're a team with a rookie quarterback that you think can get over the hump, like the Jets, I think, would have been perfect. Like, you make that move to try to bring them. If you they're could. still rumored. Yeah, they're still rumored. Yeah. And I've heard some sources that one of these guys is going to get moved on draft day. And this one in particular is mm-hmm. like, yeah, is I think this has the most steam to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of teams in like the top ten that don't really need quarterbacks, but they have some assets. Like, dude, all these guys are 24, 25 years old. Like, yeah, I'm giving up. Yeah. I'm giving up a first round pick without any debate mm-hmm. or any hesitation to get one of these guys. Now, I'm not going to give up a first round pick probably for like Julio mm-hmm. or a guy like. Up there in age, like DeAndre Hopkins, I'd be a little bit hesitant also, north of 30. Yeah. But if you're talking about guys like, like him or any of the guys that mm-hmm. we've mentioned, absolutely, no no problem. But I think you're right. I think that they're going to have a lot of cap space next season. And I don't know if they, if they want to keep them in the long-term plans. Because I just – they're just a team that has – First of all, that division is rough. Because I know some people say, wait, how is he... You're talking about Washington. How is Washington not rebuild mode? Look, look at their division. That division you can compete in. Yeah. I just don't see any way how Seattle can compete in that division oh, right no. now. And it's just even that roster, they don't have a lot of pieces. Like, you know, Bobby Wagner's now gone. You know, who knows what... They're still eating at Jamal Adams, Trey Briard. And, like, they're just... That offensive line's rough. So, that's another reason why you should maybe look to trade DK, DK Metcalf to yeah. get some assets back. That's yeah. why it was funny. Like, if the Jets were to trade mm-hmm. for DK, they basically well, would be giving back yeah. Seattle. Well, the thing is, play. they got assets from the Russell Wilson trade. Right, so, right. But it's just... I, And DK's mm-hmm. that player that, as great as he is, he doesn't have the most diverse route tree. Like, don't get me wrong. He could run routes. It's just he's someone that... Uh, I think you kind of have to force feed. Like if if he's because we saw in games last year, like he was a non-factor, and like even when he was struggling, like he made those one or two plays. He's just sometimes he was completely anonymous. I think he's someone you need to get in the rhythm with. You need him get him going early. So I would still, I would still pay him obviously, but I think it's Seattle's position. If you 
if you need draft picks, you need to continue build for the future, he's someone that you should seriously consider trading because you're not going to compete for the next two or three years. And I think there's enough concern there where it's just like I wonder about him wanting to be here because some players just don't want to be in a losing situation. That's it. Yeah. And you can't really do anything about it. And like, like, they, look, they got one, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams right. literally said, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. And look what happened. Yeah, and it's interesting when it's a wide receiver – if they are in a losing situation, if they still have a quarterback that they've been productive with and they could still produce, mm-hmm. then maybe that's like a way to deal with it. But now you don't even got Russ there. Because oh. even if they had Russ there, I think the expectations would still be pretty low for Seattle coming mm-hmm. into this season. Mm-hmm. But now it just makes it like you might be competing for the number one pick next year. Yeah. So DK Metcalf, I think... I think it's moved, and then I think you you pay him because you still got like five six prime prime years of oh, him yeah. just being an absolute alpha. Yeah, and he scores touchdown. That's another thing. Yeah, touchdown score. Yeah. yeah, absolutely in the red zone. And for a young quarterback, like he would be, he would be perfect mm-hmm. to come to the Jets. Yeah. Like he would be absolutely perfect for Zach Wilson in that organization. Mm-hmm. And why not? Because they don't really have Elijah Moore is a slot wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He's undersized compared to DK Metcalf, so. I think if you're an AFC, you just have to be making moves at this point. That conference is so good. Like, if you have an opportunity to make a move, just do it. Because, Like, obviously, look, check your cap space, check your roster and everything. But if you really want to try to make something happen at AFC, you got to do whatever it takes at this point because we've spoke about it. There's like 10 or 11 good teams right now. The last wide receiver on this list that I have, Deontay Johnson. Now, he hasn't reported any indication of holding out. He wasn't in the holdout reports that all dropped, but what do you make of Deontay Johnson? Very, it seems like his, all his catches player. were like five yards down the field because of Big Ben. Yeah. And so we don't really know how good he could be. Uh, yeah. I think I would trust him a lot more in Claypool. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, without question. I, yeah. I think Claypool, you got to be a little concerned about. With Johnson, I know the drops are frustrating and he could be a little careless with the ball in his hands, but when you when, talk about after a catch, there are many players more dangerous than him, and he's just someone you, you get him on screens, jet sweeps, reverses. Like he's just one of those dynamic players. Just get the ball in his hands. So no, I'm I'm hundred percent behind you know, investing in him. It's just a matter of will Mike Tomlin want to do that? Like because because mm. I do think Johnson not one of those series that can mature a little bit just based on you know the interviews and press conferences. Like Tomlin's said in the past, his work ethic hasn't always been the best, but. If he continues to blossom, there's no reason not to because he is an absolute star. Yeah, and I I feel like we haven't really seen his ceiling yet because not at all. of how yeah. limited Big Ben was, and he was still productive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And look, in the past they've paid their wide receivers that first contract, and then mm. after they'll let their guys go. Most notably Antonio Brown, yes. but a lot of times they they do they do pay their their guys so. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with, like, Trubisky. If Trubisky's a quarterback, what kind of production is there, yeah. too? So, let's mm-hmm. see. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about wide receivers. What do you think – where do you think the market goes two years from now? Like, what's going to be the asking price for, like, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson? I wonder how north of 30 can it be. Because those two guys, I think, will be – if not already, are top five wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're not that far off. To me, Jefferson not. absolutely is. Chase, you can we'll make a strong case. Yeah. yeah, Jefferson absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even with Kirk, it's just yeah, guys an absolute he's just a machine workhorse. Yeah, 
So you think like north of 30 would probably be the new market that those yeah. guys have. Because you also have to see where the cap space is going to be in two years. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what's the number going to be? Because it, it, for all I know, it's probably going to continue to e- increase. So, um, you know, entering, what, 24, 25 years old, just like these guys can get paid a premium price and go get it. Now, can you win a Super Bowl if you have a wide receiver making that much money? What would you say the answer is off the top See, of your head? That's such a tricky question because for the past several years, I feel like teams haven't, teams have won a Super Bowl, didn't have a first round receiver, like a lot of them. But they like, weren't paying one at least also. Well, or didn't draft one also right. as well. Like you look at the Chiefs, you look at, you know, some of those Patriot teams, even the Eagles, even though the Eagles did trade for like an Alshon Jeffrey, like it's just a lot of these teams that won Super Bowls, ironically, didn't have that big contract towards the receiver. Uh, but then again, you kind of look at the Bengals right now and how much they invested in receivers within the first two rounds and they weren't too far from winning the Super Bowl. So I think it varies. I think you could absolutely do it. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, how you're, I always will say it's how your roster is, you know, can you protect, are you getting after the quarterback? Are you, force enough turnovers so yeah i think it can be done it's just it's all about your roster Mm -hmm. so since 2013 the total percentage of the cap spent at each position if you have to break down all the units which position where do you see wide receiver landing on that list like what position you think teams have spent the most money on cap space that have won super bowl since 2013 d-line close o-line okay that was the next one next one if you combine edge and d-tackle d-tackle mm-hmm. they would be second mm-hmm. who's third corner wide receiver wow wide receiver coming in at 9.94 percent of the cap on average cap space spent on the position the offensive line is 15.5%, and the defensive line is 15.3%. So you weren't very mm, far off. Yeah. And then comes the corner, uh, quarterback. Mm. So, look, since 2013, the last decade, you got to spend money at wide receiver in order to win championships, which is something that I don't think people felt comfortable saying mm-hmm. not too long ago. Now... The jury's out if you have a guy making north of $20 million. But I also feel like that's not a fair argument because if you look at Stephon Diggs and Buffalo, Josh Allen was not this quarterback prior to him getting there. So you adding him, Kyler Murray with D-Hop, they took MVP steps. You pay those guys. Mm -hmm. They're worth every penny. Whether you win a Super Bowl or not, they set up your guy to be a franchise caliber quarterback and to be an MVP candidate. And you're competing every and year. And you're competing and yeah. you're making the playoffs. Like, that is an absolute home run. Yeah. Now, if you're the Giants and you're paying Kenny Galladay $18 million a year and he scored as many touchdowns as you and I did, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Yeah. That's where I have a problem. Mm-hmm. But if I'm paying the top player at his position, I have no problem with it. Mm-hmm. If you are the best player at your position and you're making whatever the dollar amount is, I'm totally cool. I get upset when it's like the 28th best player is being paid like the number one. We we talked with the Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Christian Kirk thing, I think, through all these teams for a loop. Because if you're a team like the Titans, the Niners, the Seahawks, Mm -hmm. the Commanders, how about that, right? Got to get used to saying that one. Jesus. (laughs) 
you look at that Kirk deal and you're like, what the? How are uh, we negotiate now? How can I go to Debo and offer him anything less than twenty? Trembalki ruining the league. He ruined the Jaguars. Now he's just ruining the league. Dude, like fuck, man. So, the Jaguars always pissing people off. Draft question: Are you excited about it? I know I shouldn't say this, but not really. Do you think it's because there aren't the this like group of quarterbacks? Because I feel like the last it, two it's weeks, had a huge effect, but I just think skill position players in general. Mm. Like the receivers are there's a couple of good ones out there, but it's just no one's really There's no Chase, there's yeah, no Jefferson. There's, there's like no real highlight guys like this guy's must watch. Yeah. Like I'm intrigued by Drake London, but I don't know if he's like really stealing any headlines or Jameson Williams. It's all about the offensive tackles, which the Giants need one. Yeah. Need two. <laughs> I do. Well, well no, nah, actually, no. Nah. Thomas, Thomas. I, I just thought, I'm just yeah. like, you literally spent a fourth pick two years ago. Hey, man, until you get it right. <laughs> just, oh, keep, man. just keep going. I know, you, I know you got extra resources this year, but sheesh. Yeah. I, think, I think the draft, from what I've read, it's heavy on the O-line and D-line. Yes. Like, really, like, And it's, there's some cool corners, too, and I'm, I'm always appreciative of corners, because I think corner is the second hardest position to play in football, so... Uh, I'm excited to see what these corners do, like guys like Stingley and Gardner. I want, I like Gardner a lot. He's, he's scrappy, he's, he's ballsy, he's like in your face. Like that's the kind of corner yeah. I like. But I'm worried the Jets might take him. Right I, I heard that. Detroit might take him, which I would find really shocking because you know they. But Kuda was at the third pick a couple years ago. Yeah, but man, Dan Campbell is unpredictable. You know he wants those high character guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'll be drinking those espresso shots, ready to go. I'm taking, I'm taking this weekend to do some more draft stuff and really look at it. Yeah, well, draft's always a cool event. It's just this class, I just something feels severely, feels severely lacking. But you know, look, there's still talent out there, and if you're a team that needs help in the trenches, this this draft's for you. Yeah, and this is a cool time to announce that I'm gonna be partnering up with this company called Playback, and there'll be links that I'll be dropping on social media and on the episode bios. Where it's basically like watch along. So for the draft, I'm going to do a watch along for the first round. You're more than welcome to call in and you can come on stage mm-hmm. as long as you have a little webcam or through your phone. And yeah, man, we'll just be, it's basically like Twitch and Clubhouse if they formed and had a kid. Wow. There will be playback. So that I'm really excited to do some stuff. There'll be premium streams where it'll be like Patreon exclusive. So I'll be dropping them in the Discord. And then there's also going to be these public ones. And I'm thinking for the NFL draft, we'll do one. I did one a while back for uh, the UFC London card. Oh, nice. Watched about like yeah. two hours worth of fights. It was pretty cool. And yeah, I'm excited to work with, with playback. So I would love for you guys to tap in, get a chance to talk to me. Who knows? Alan might pop in. Impy will pop in. Some of the guys will pop in. So it'll be fun. Jets got two picks. Yeah, yeah. yeah that top. It's really is a New York. Fun, yeah, that, it's, it's a New York bash. It is yeah. for sure, without a doubt. So it's gonna be interesting. And and look, the the Jets and Giants have a lot of the same needs. So that fourth and fifth pick are gonna be very intriguing. So I'm excited yeah, for that. And Jets in particular, that that front office that got delivered. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Special. Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Derek Platees, Devin Rendon, Jordan Riley, Mike Wozniak. Thank you for your contributions to the Patreon, patreon.com slash veterans minimum. There's going to be some bets and betting stuff on the Patreon. Go and check out that episode for the behind the scenes for the Patreon. Some announcements on there. And then at veterans minimum, as you can find everything for the show at Nick Day is 10 as you can find everything for me, Alan. Alan Sterk, A-L-L-E-N-S-T-R-K. We'll catch you guys next time.
real-time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.